Well, hey everyone, welcome to the first Frame of Mind Photography Podcast, where we talk about topics to help change, enhance your frame of mind when it comes to photography and photo editing. Today, I am joined by my buddy, Blake Rudis from F64 Academy, and probably the person that all of you guys ask the most for me to partner with. What's going on, Blake? Not much, just uh, excited to be here and take our phone conversations and turn them into a reality for everybody else. <laughs> that's really what this, that's really what this is and, and what, it, much what, what it, it came is. from. <laughs> um, so, so here's the deal. Um, this is, this is the first frame of mind podcast. I mean, by the time we get going with this, it might not even be called that anymore. Who knows, but it's, it's a good working title. Um, and we're doing, we're going to see how it goes from here. And I think the one thing that's important to both of us is that we get right to it. So, well, I think it's kind of interesting to hear how this developed. Uh, what I thought is, is we'll dive right into our topic. And then, I don't know, maybe half three quarters of the way through, we'll take a couple little minute break. And, um, you know, we'll just talk about, you know, what the podcast came from, what our plans are for it. And uh, but I think it's important to get to the topic. So let's kick it off. Beware of photography advice. I could even insert music, ominous music there. So, uh, so, so what does that really mean? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking too, Blake. Um, I think, I think the main first point we want to get across with that is this is not coming from a bad place. I think most of people giving advice and whether it's a YouTube channel or an acquaintance and a photography club or a friend, I, I think most people genuinely want to help you and mean well, but just because that's the case, that doesn't mean it's useful. And I, you know, I'm, I, you'll you'll hear lots of golf analogies from me because I'm I'm in golf where a lot of I think people that listen to us are in photography where you know kind of just a passionate uh, amateur at it. But I really like it and I take it seriously. But I'm at the driving range one day and I'm kind of I'm I'm struggling a little bit and and some guy walks up to me who I'd seen at my club before. And he proceeds to start giving me swing advice and I'm trying to be polite. And so I'm trying a couple of things that he says. So in addition to the things that are already in my head, now I've got the 10 things that he's telling me in his head and I, nothing helped. By the way, I don't want to be mean. He, he was not a good ball striker. So that's what made it even worse is because I'm looking at this guy in a driving range, not thinking I would ever want advice from him. But for some reason, he took it upon himself to give it to me anyway. Um, but you know, I went, I, I went to my real golf coach and, and I told him what this guy told me and he's like, okay, first things first, let's forget 100% about what he told you because he's dead wrong. And so while advice can be well-meaning, it doesn't mean it's the right advice. And I think that's what we kind of want to get into. Yeah. You know, I think when it comes to that, I think context is really the key. You know what I mean? Like sometimes the advice that you're getting you're not necessarily seeking out. For instance, I'll make a YouTube video on a Friday or whenever I put it out and and it might not be what you're looking for, but you hear it and you use it and it might be helpful, but if it's not in context to anything that you're currently working on or doing, it might not yes. really be that important either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in that, I think context really is a key. This guy's trying to give you swing tips but what if it's this part of your swing that you have a problem with and not this part of your swing? And he's just trying to restructure the yeah, way you string yeah. swing yeah. completely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He, he meant well, but just because he meant well doesn't mean, 
I think I think that's a great first point. Just because somebody means well doesn't mean it's good. (laughs) Not all well-meaning advice is good advice. I can't even go back to you know what you were saying there about this guy not necessarily being a very good swing anyway. I actually go back to to how I started photography education. I mean, my first blog was everyday HDR, right? I mean, I was drinking the HDR Kool-Aid. And I still think it's I still think it's really (laughs) funny that people have continued to follow me after that. Because like if you saw my images back then, like I look at them from now and I'm like, oh God, like this is so embarrassing. Like I can't even look at some of those images from my portfolio from you know, 2012, 2013, 2014. I almost want to wipe them from my mind. You know what I mean? Because yeah. and the advice that I was giving then was really the only advice that I knew. So I, I was giving advice yeah. to the level where I was at. And that's a, another point that I think is really interesting too, is what level is the person at that's giving the advice and what does mm-hmm. their, does their work back up that level? Yeah, Exactly. I got dude. I, I've got some. I've got some HDR photos that are that I can't forget about because they're radioactively seared into my mind. <laughs> that's that's old photos we want to forget about. It's probably another podcast we can do. But, a whole other podcast. Um, so so what we're gonna do is we kind of we have an outline here. We're not just winging it, and we're just gonna go. Uh, we're just gonna start going down going down the the outline here as far as the topics that we want to talk about as far as you know what to be aware of. So I'll let you take the first one there blake hopefully you have the show notes in front of you <laughs> i do mine aren't my uh, minor paper as i said you know if you're watching this then you saw my paper but if you're just listening i'm paper he's digital that's why we work so well together um, so, all AI now. um yeah yeah i should just have a robot move my lips for me um so <laughs> many times that that advice might be dated too um and and think about Terms like that. So here you are, you need advice for something. And what do you do? You go to the Google machine, you go to YouTube and you type in what it is that you're looking for. And this is a perfect example because I'm, I'm just recreating my gradients course now. So if you type in stuff about gradients and then one of my videos pops up on YouTube from 2017 on gradients, well, gradients have changed completely. So mm-hmm. while the advice still might be helpful on how to use it, the execution of that advice might not be pertinent to what it is that you're working on at the time because of the way things have updated. Now, the advice might be helpful and you might be able to find some nuggets there, but you might not be able to use it 100% to your advantage because of the yeah. fact that there are dated principles behind it. Yeah. And we're, I think we're in this, we're in this, uh, this area, um, you know, uh, we'll call it activity of, of photography. And a lot of things do change, you know, exposure doesn't really change over time, but when I think back to when I think back to either advice that I got or gave a decade ago, some of it's some of it's not not very valuable right now for, you know, turn off VR when you're on a tripod. In 2008, that was very necessary advice because if you were on a tripod and you had VR on and I experienced this and I, I was very passionate when I would tell people about that because I had, I had a whole photo shoot that, you know, I flew across the country for to a place I would always wanted to go. And I had it ruined by having VR on, didn't know that it was, it was actually making my photos soft. Um, but fast forward to 2023, most of your modern lenses can actually detect 
when to engage VR and not to, to engage VR. I always tell people, you know, the, 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 the fallback is, is you have to look at, especially a lens. You've got to look, it sounds silly. Like look at the manual. That's the first thing I throw away is a manual that comes with the lens. And, and I don't know anybody that doesn't. <laughs> I read Blake's it. Looking at it. He's like, he's like, I read it front to back, but I it's never, paper, I never, of course like, I read it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lenses were never something I really thought you needed a lot of description for, right? You attach them to the camera and you change the aperture and that's it. Um, but your your camera, your your manual that came with your lens should tell you whether or not you need to do that and you could poke around. But I know like I shoot Sony, um, Sony lenses will detect when when they're when VR needs to be engaged and when it doesn't, so you don't have to turn it off. Uh, bracketing you know you you and i both I, I i used to tell people to bracket all the time um now with resolution and dynamic range in cameras like they are today i don't bracket unless i need to it's not an automatic now it's a let me look at it let me look at the photo let me take the photo let me look at what's clipping if anything let me decide if i need to bother myself with taking three five or seven photos so so 10 years ago, I would have said bracket everything. Today, I, I don't. So I think that just goes to show you that that things do change over time. Especially bracketing. That's one of those things that, you know, now nowadays, I mean, best advice is just expose for the highlights and go, yeah. you know. And again, that advice yeah. might get dated in 10 years from now, if you're listening to this 10 years from now. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a... You know. We won't even we won't even need to take a picture. We'll just blink our eyes in ten years, and we'll be done. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's see here. I'll move on to the next one here. Um, so so this is a good one. Sometimes sometimes it's not the advice that you need, and this this can go back to what I talked about. You know, me being on the driving range, getting advice from somebody who who didn't really know what I needed. He might have given me advice that worked for him, but. I think that's that's the first point is you might be getting advice that worked for somebody else, but it's not really what you need. Um, I, I've noticed this. I think you have too, Blake. And in, in talking with other people, other instructors, other people in the industry, sometimes sometimes people can be really competitive. And and I don't know that you're always getting the right advice. And so I'll like, I'll give an example. I, I used to, I, you know, your judges in camera clubs, you know, I, I, I've, I've been to a lot of camera club meetings. I've been online at a lot of camera club meetings. I've seen a lot of judging over the years uh, at photo shows and things. And, and not all of the judges are right. And I don't know, I'm not going to say all of them. In fact, I'll, let's just, let's just go with a small minority of judges might not have the other person's best interest in their mind when they're judging a photo. Um, but I, I know like, you know, years ago, so it's got, it's going on almost 10 years that I've been gone from Kelby, but I, I was at, I was at Kelby media for, for a decade and it, it became a very competitive place. Um, just in the, the, the people that I worked with there. And I started realizing over time, these were the last people I would ever want to ask to bring my photos in after a trip and show them off. Because I started getting really weird vibes and advice. Like one one person told me, it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's a little tension in that one for me. And I'm like, tension? It It's a picture of 
it's a it's a picture from Moab of uh, what's the arch? Uh, delicate, delicate arch. arch. Or no, I think what's what's the one that everybody goes to at the sunrise? The big the, one at the top. Yeah, the you know the big one. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the one you have to hike to is like a mile um, and a half. Yeah, one of the arches. But it's like, guys, th- this is a gimme photo. Like there is no tension that can be created from taking a picture of delicate arch. It's put the stinking arch into your frame and take the picture. Hope that you got a pretty sky behind it, right? But I, I just started realizing over time that that I wasn't, I didn't feel I was getting advice that was helping me and a critique that was helping me. I felt like it was coming from a competitive place and and deep down, I think I knew it was. So Thoughts yeah, on I that can one, attest to that for sure. No, for like, cause being in the military was very much like that too. Like, you know, it, it was almost a given that when you became a master sergeant in the air force, that you would be a mentor of some sort, but that assumes that everyone who becomes a master sergeant is going to be a mentor, but not everyone who gets to that level is supposed to be a mentor because mentorship is not a given mentorship is a, um, we have synergy together. So we work well together. I can be your mentor. You can be mine, et cetera, et cetera. But mentorship is not always a given. So then when yeah. you seek advice from some of these people, especially leadership advice, when it came to the next promotion, some of these people who were maybe jealous of your ability to get to that next stage might give you conflicting advice or advice that, you know, almost kind of setting you up for failure type advice. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because if they give you the good advice and you roll with it, then you get that promotion and they don't. And there was always a, there was always this, well, should I really believe what that person told me? And again, it comes into taking into context who you're getting the advice from. You know, if they were my true mentors, then I knew that I could take that advice and I could run with it. But if it was just another peer of mine saying that stuff, I knew that I kind of had to be careful. And I think that yeah. that's that's a huge thing for this for the idea of gaining advice, you know, gaining advice from a mentor who someone who genuinely wants the best for you and has your best interest in mind. I think for the most part will always be advice that can be used if mm-hmm. you have a very strong relationship with this person who is a phenomenal mentor. Um, yeah. But just general advice sometimes doesn't apply because it's all in context to where you are. Yeah. I, I, I think back like when I was, I was getting my first camera and I, I remember having a discussion with somebody that was a photographer at the time. So, I mean, this is 30 years ago, but one of the, one of the things he said to me was, um, he said, he go, I, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, you know, I, I'm pretty much settled. I'm going to get this camera. I was like, I don't know what lens to get with it. He's like, oh, you got to get a, everybody's first lens should be a 51.8. And he, Mind you, he never asked what I had interest in taking pictures of. <laughs> never asked my ability. No, nothing around that. Just said everybody should have a fifty-one point eight, and you know. And I think I went out and bought a fifty-one point eight that sat on the shelf forever and ever until I eventually saw. <laughs> there you go. But you know, there, there's not much of a reason if you're not going to be shooting portraits and weddings and events for a fifty-one point eight. It just, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a, a much of a value beyond that, unless you just want to put it on and say, I want to challenge myself to go out and shoot the world with a 51.8. But it, it just, it doesn't have a whole lot of value for, which at the time I was going to be very interested in landscape photography. Had he asked me that, I would have said that. But instead, you know, I went to my first landscape shoot with a 51.8 and 
very quickly realized that this was not the lens that I needed for it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not, so it's not even that all advice is not necessarily well-intended. It can be well-intended. It can be from a good person. It can be from somebody that should be giving advice, but it might just not be the advice you need. And, and that's right. a, that's a tricky place to be is, is for somebody to figure out the advice that you need to get, you know, to get you to that spot. And I always tell people like, find somebody who you implicitly trust about everything, who wants to see you get better. I know, I know Blake and I, we agree on this, but I don't necessarily know that every photographer in the industry agrees that the best thing for me is any student that I teach to be, get better than me. because. I'm not a pro photographer. I've got no skin in the pro photography game. I want you to get as good as you possibly can and beat every pro photographer out there. And you know what? Blake and I are educators. And if you got better from something we told you, that means our ego gets a boost because we did our job really well. That just happened to me recently. I had a, I had a person who's been on F64 Elite for, gosh, five, maybe six years. And they sent me an email and said, I, I just felt the need to tell you why I canceled my membership. If I feel like I am, I'm past getting education online anymore. I'm past the point of, um, of watching a course and, and getting much out of it. And, you know, the email went on, but I emailed him back and I said, okay. look, I, I'm actually really glad you're here at this point. Yeah. Cause that shows that you, you have taken the stuff that you need. You've taken it to the level that you need. And structured content no longer works for you. So instead of that person leaving, we started doing one-on-one sessions together. And now it's become a coaching session of, okay, you need more specific advice on your images directly. And you're not going to get that from a course on gradients. You're not going to get that from a course on this. That's all experimental stuff. You've got a style. It's dialed in. You know who you are. I respect that. And I'm glad you're in the position that you're in the education you need is a, a, a tier above, you know, and I was ecstatic to hear that. I, I want to hear that someone no longer has to be on a subscription website to take their photography to the next level. It's a great, I mean, it's a perfect story, perfect example of, it. and I mean, hats off to that person for having the self-awareness to realize it. Cause that's not easy either. No, no. And then their work is great. I mean, they've developed a phenomenal style they carry that style through each image. And what they need is just, they need a second set of eyes to say, I like what you've done here, but what's going on here? Because mm-hmm. no course is going to teach you that. This problem that yeah. you're having is very specific to the image that you're working on. Let's target that. So we've been targeting yeah. in our one-on-one sessions, different areas of techniques that they can work on to make their work better. And dude, after two of them, exponential difference between images wow. that I've seen. That's cool. So... All right, man. I think you. Uh, I think you got the next. Got our next uh, little topic here. Which one are we going at? Because you just targeted a couple <laughs> at the same time, didn't you? Well, I so uh, actually taking photos is much different than being a coach. <laughs> it sure is. Which I, I, I mean, I think we kind of <laughs> talked about that, but I think there's. I yeah. think it's worth. I think it's a point worth mentioning. Absolutely. Yeah, we can elaborate on that one. So. 
Um, the point we have is actually taking photos is much different than being a coach. And we've kind of talked about this more around it, but talking directly at it, um, you can be really good at something, but not be able to analyze why it's good. And that's what I'm running yeah. into a lot in my critique sessions is that there are some people who are very good at taking pictures. And when you ask them a question, how did you do that? Uh, I just saw that and I liked it. So I, I did that. And I'm like, really? No, you did a lot more to that than just what you just <laughs> kind of like laissez-faire said you did. I know that that required a lot of work. Can you explain it a little bit? Well, I, I, not really. I mean, it's, I just kind of played around until I got to that point. So they're good at the photo taking part. They're good at creating the image part. But if you really ask them to break it down and analyze it and put it into a series of steps, that's where it falls apart because they don't have a series yeah. of steps, which we, we call a workflow. So you know, they might be they might have an internal workflow that they just work through, but they can't describe it like an educator or a coach or a mentor would. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I would liken that to, let's say, I mean, I don't know any of the quarterbacks in the NFL, but, you know, my favorite, obviously, Mahomes. Um, if you asked him how he throws a sidearm ball like that, you know, you watch some of the stuff he does. Like, hey, dude, I, I just had to get the ball there. That's all I had to do. Like, I knew I needed to get yeah. that ball there, so I did it. But if you ask him to when would you use that throw? He's like, when I need to use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So a coach might be able to say, well, you might want to use that when you're in this position and you've got this, this. So, you know, a coach can analyze the situation. A mentor can analyze the situation. But someone who's doing oftentimes does in the spur of the moment because that's what comes natural to them. It doesn't they're mean reactive. that they're, I mean, it, yeah, reactive. I, you know, enough. So I just watched the, uh, I just watched that Netflix, Netflix series, uh, quarterback and Mahomes is in there. And it's like, I actually feel like after watching that series, number one, I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Patrick Mahomes, but number two, seeing his personality on there, I, I think you nailed, that was a perfect example. And I don't even think you've watched the series yet, but seeing his personality the on there, seeing his personality on there. I'm, I'm almost positive that would be his answer. Like, yeah, so when do you use that little sidearm? I don't know, when I have to. But a coach is going to realize, okay, when you're running in this direction, when there's a receiver over here, we can start designing a play where you're going to use that because the coach can dissect when, why, where it works. To Mahomes, he's just like, that, that was the only way I could move my arm at the time. It seemed good, so I did it, you know. But yeah, there's I, I think there's, I think there's so many examples. I, I, I'll bring it back to photography with a, a student that um, I met years ago. I'm, I'm going to, I'm actually going to reuse her real name, which is Susan. Um, so Susan has a portfolio of photos that I would claim as mine any day of the week. And I've been out shooting with Susan a number of times. And the funny thing is, is I, I don't think she can explain what she does. But she's, like I said, I would, she, she, she does more wildlife stuff. I would take any one of her photos and put them in my portfolio. She's mm -hmm. that good. But she, she doesn't know how she got there. She doesn't really know what she's looking for. She just knows it when she sees it. So she's not, so there's been times where I've been, I've tried to get her to explain to me. I'm like, okay, Susan, so, you know, what settings were you using here? What were you doing there? And like, she'll look at the photo. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, I just... I just took the photo, you know? Um, so, and I think that's, that's, that's a great, 
example of it. And that's why if, if you were, I think that the takeaway from this is if you're in a, in a setting where you have the opportunity to ask somebody who's really good a question, number one, ask it, right? Like what's the harm, but don't, don't be, don't be a little bit bummed if you don't get the answer or the clarity of the answer that you want, because they may not know, they may not actually know what they're looking for. They just would see it and do it, you know? And I I think that's, that's a good takeaway from that one. Um, Let's see here. So uh, you good? You ready to move on another one there, Blake? Yes, sir. Let's do it. I guess this one's, this one's, this one's me, isn't it? Um, All right. So here's a good one. So many times, Free, and I think we alluded to this earlier, many times free videos and free articles and things, they don't know where you're at. And so my my example is, is I'm going to give different advice to my mom who is kind of into photography versus somebody who comes to me and has been shooting for years and hopes to win, you know, wild, let's, let's just talk, you know, my mom has taken an interest in, in wildlife. But so this part, you know, another person comes to me and they're shooting for years and they want to win contests. They want to sell photos. They want to start a gallery. They want to do all those things. Number one, I would tell them run number two, (laughs) Uh, but but no. um, And so if my mom wants to take a photo of a bird, I'm probably, I'm probably going to set up her camera, get her camera set up on some really good auto settings, just settings where she doesn't have to think about it one bit. Maybe the shutter speed's too fast. Maybe the shutter speed's too slow. Maybe the ISO is not white, whatever it is. But maybe maybe the focus area is good for like what's in front of her, but it's not going to be good for, you know, a bird flying over really quick. And I'm going to say, mom, don't worry about the type of the bird. Don't worry about where it's facing. Don't worry if it's looking away from you. But if the other person says, you know, I, I'm, I really want to start winning contests. I want to start doing these things. Now I'm going to say, okay, you've got, you know, you've really got to look for these types of species because these are the types that win contests. Um, you know, more manual settings. You're going to have to change on the fly more. You're going to have to react to the situation more. You're going to have to look for this position and this position. You're going to want good action, but they're going to get two very, very different pieces of advice. And if I were to give the advice from any one to the other, I'd be doing either side a disservice because it's not the advice I, I think that they need at the time. Right. And that's perfect. I was at a workshop once and I was uh, helping this lady with her camera and I said, you know, why are you shooting in this setting? And she said, well, you know, I, I was on a workshop a couple weeks ago and the guy said my camera settings were all wrong. So he just took my camera and changed a bunch of things and gave it back to me. And I just shot like that. I'm like, so you, do you understand what the settings were that this this educator supposedly did to your camera and she's like well <laughs> not really and i'm like okay that's you're working against yourself now because of these things and you know, i i told her i said i'm not gonna redo your camera i'm gonna explain to you this is what this one does this was this, this and this is why this is so at any point which one of those things sounds like it's not working for you in this situation and she was like well it's mm-hmm. shutter speed i'm like exactly okay now you understand why the settings were the way they were and now you understand how to put them. So this person didn't understand. The person who was giving the camera back to her clearly didn't know where she was and what her place was and her yeah. understanding, complete understanding of the exposure triangle and just basically messed her camera up. So she kept taking these pictures. And I think it was in like full manual mode with certain settings for landscape. And 
everything was washed out or blown out or something like that. She was just getting very <laughs> frustrated. And, you know, yeah. we know that we can easily resolve that stuff. So I didn't work any magic. I just explained it to her. But it's very important to understand where you are, assess where you are, and seek the guidance that you need based on your your own understanding of yourself. A lot of times we put it on the person that's giving us the advice and that's the responsibility and where it rests. But I think in that case, you have to put the responsibility on yourself and where your abilities rest to even get the advice that you're receiving, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it, you, it's funny cause you, you, you said it in the beginning, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the right advice at the right time. And, and that's, what's interesting about this whole education thing, because again, you, you said it in the beginning, you're like, you may watch a video today that doesn't resonate with you, but in a year it could. So it doesn't mean that that was bad advice. And I, it goes back to what we said in the beginning. I don't, I don't think most people giving advice are malicious in nature or even giving bad advice or, or malicious in nature. I think it's up to the learner to have a little bit of personal responsibility to know and seek out things that are for you at your level. Because that video that you watch that might not be what you're at now, maybe it is in a year. And, and I've gone through that in my my golf journey where I, you know, things that didn't make sense to me, I would watch it a year ago, I'd be like, oh, that's not me. I'm having trouble with this. I go back to it now and I, I can actually say, oh wow, I probably was having trouble with that a year ago, but I, it, it didn't make sense to me. It wasn't what I was was looking for at the time so right and, you know, my, like, to go to oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say that's where the where this comes from like what a lot of people don't realize is like you'll get an email or i'll get an email and the first thing i do is i'm like yo matt you gotta hear this <laughs> and then we talk about it and he, you're like yeah i got an email that's very similar to that and you know we need a place to to be able to vent about these things and that's typically where where this is coming from is a place from the heart about advice that you're receiving from two people who really care about the advice that we give and giving it at the right time to the right people in the right moment. And, Oh, yeah. you know, sometimes people will email me, I really want to learn color theory. And I'm like, that's great. But what do you know about workflow and tones? Well, nothing. Okay. Well, you can't learn that first. You got to learn this and this first. So, yeah, I, I, I see like, I'll see, you know, national geographic photographer does photography class on such and such, you know? And I'm like, I don't necessarily know that they're the best person to give advice to a total beginner because right. they've been at such an elite level for, for such a, such a long time. And, you know, I mean, my mom br browses across a YouTube video that's telling her, you know, about what she needs to win photo contests. Like we're, we're at a whole different level. Like, no mom, you're not, we just got to get you some quick wins. Got to get right. you some confidence. Then we can start working our way up to that stuff. Um, all right. Uh, I think, yeah. So I think this would be a good, uh, this would be a good segue because you, you touched on it. So a little bit about the, the, the podcast. Um, so, you know, Blake and I talk several times a week. Um, I got another buddy of mine who you'll, you'll see on the podcast, Brian Matias. We talk, we talk several times a week, but we, we talk about a lot. Like we'll get on the phone and we'll just talk about random things emails people sent us, videos that we saw, tutorials that we saw, whatever it happens to be. And like Blake said, sometimes we get frustrated because we see things that we actually think could be could be actually hurting people um, or hurting their progress or whatever. But we just have these conversations. 
over time i was just like man i was like we got to record some of these and uh, and blake's like we don't need to record any of these (laughs) it depends on how vehemently we get about it yeah if you could have only heard the discussions that led up to the name you would you would laugh maybe one day we'll reveal one of those (laughs) thank goodness for chat we would we would we would have to be doing this at night with a couple of drinks to reveal that one. But, um, so that's a, that's a little bit about how, how it evolved. Um, <laughs> I called, uh, I called Blake a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I, I, again, I mean, I, I hate to, I hate to like belabor the golf point, but there's a golf podcast I listen to. I'll even name it. It's called the sweet spot. And, um, it's by two guys that, I really like it because one of the guys is very much like you. So if you ask him, so how do you hit the ball? And he'll be like, well, I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of want to just feel my weight here. And I kind of just swing back. And I kind of just know that when I feel this, I'm ready to fire and swing through. And then if you ask the other guy, how do you hit the ball? He says, well, I set up with my feet parallel. I turn this one foot outward then I grip the club, then I push the shaft this way a little bit, then I lean back. And once I get about to, you know, 10 o'clock in the backswing, then I know I need to open my left hip and very, very different. And I like it because they present very two different views to things, which I think can be really valuable because I think there's different, the way people learn is very, very different. So um, absolutely. So that's why I was like, Blake, I was like, you know, you got to be you got to do some of these podcasts with me because I think we're alike in a lot of ways, but I also think we're, we're different in a lot of ways. And that's where this was kind of born. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely the, the artist, you know, and uh, you will tell me that you're not, even though I still believe that you are. Cause that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and I, and I don't believe any of this photography stuff is art. So, so it's like, I'm, oh, I'm the anti Blake, like Blake dies a little bit inside. There's a part of him that crumbles when he I'm hears right now. That, <laughs> that I, I don't think photography is art. I think it's a craft. Um, That's podcast number two. We're going too far. We're going too far. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we are, we are, but it is to yeah, it's photography is a craft to me. But anyway, that's that's a little bit about how this was born. We have no idea where it'll go or how many of them will do, and but you'll you'll see. I think between Blake and Brian Matias, you'll see different people pop in here and uh, you know have some good conversations here. So, uh, you want to take the uh, next one, Blake? The 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 I'll, I'll intro it with the squirrel. Yeah, the, the even the blind squirrel finds a nut. My brother says that one a lot um, when we are playing <laughs> video games together about getting lucky. Anyway, <laughs> um, this, this one, you know, I, I think this is an interesting one. I, Matt made the notes on this one, so I'm kind of riffing off of them. But yeah, um, I mean, go we'll take take it any way you want. Yeah. And, you know, just based on what the notes you're saying, if someone hears that they should focus stack and that's the key to better landscapes, then maybe they go to Glacier National Park and focus stack everything and every one of their social media friends and lovers. Uh, loves their photos or they win contests. They think that the answer came from focus. Stack. Right? I did write lovers on there, by the you way. Did lovers. I, I didn't mean, and every one of their lovers likes their photos. Exactly. And here's the thing. Like, How many I was lovers do you, you have, Blake? I, I was just telling you that you have to be careful because some people will set you up for failure. 
<laughs> and here we go. Uh, no, but I think that's a great point because um, this goes back to a workshop. I was I was coaching at a workshop and they they wanted me to actually cover focus stacking. And it's very odd. They wanted that from me specifically. And they said, we want you to do this. And I said, oh, okay. So I, I covered focus stacking. But focus stacking isn't really something that I do in my workflow at all. Uh, because I find yeah. it really frustrating and really aggravating. Um, but there was another thing that kind of happened there um, where it, it, in relationship to that, a lot of people were talking about other topics and trying to almost shift or align the workshop to these other types of topics, not just focus stacking, but like minimalism and simplicity and all these things. And it's like, you know, those things don't necessarily make great photographs. Like you can get a great photograph if you do that. But what if it was the composition? What if it was the processing? What if it was, you know, there's, there's so many elements that get involved into mm-hmm. uh, an image that one technique can't be necessarily responsible for the success or failure of something. And therefore, when you hear stuff like, you know, this number one tip that all landscape photographers should be doing now, like yes. we know that you have to write titles in a certain way to get them to click, but there will be people that actually believe that that title makes yes. an image now or breaks an image now because of a title that they read on a YouTube video before they started. And then when you watch the YouTube video, you don't hear the person saying, this is the number one thing you should be doing right now. They're just giving you the technique. So mm-hmm. you think to yourself, well, okay, I got this technique and this person told me this is number one, but they didn't really, they just put it in the title because they wanted you to click. Now we do some clickery. We, we have to, in order to get people to yeah, click yes. on our YouTube videos. Um, I try not to make bold claims like that, but we know very well that there are peers that do. Uh, but that can sway someone's mentality into thinking that good things come from this one thing. When in reality, it's a collection of things. It's the tones, it's the mm-hmm. colors, it's the composition, it's the effects, it's it's the vision that you had, even though you don't believe in that. But it's all the things that you put into it before <laughs> it gets to the finished product. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I it's I, I think I don't even think we really really need to to drill that one home anymore, other than just to say that, you know, it you've gotta know you've gotta know what made it, what what did it and and if you just going back to our topic, beware of photography advice. Again, it's not malicious, you know, and Blake and I have done it. You know, the number one tip you need for this, the three must know tips for this. It, it's not malicious that that's just business. And unfortunately, you know, hate the game. Don't hate the player. Um, we, we have to do that. Or otherwise, if we just put if we just put a title, you know, how to re- how to replace a sky in Photoshop, that's not going to get the t- the clicks that the title that says, you know, the must know technique for sky replacements in Photoshop. It's just simply not. And that's that's the world. And, and so. those two titles for people who are listening to this, that's the difference between a thousand views and a hundred thousand views. Mm-hmm. And it's just astronomical to even think of that. That whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's one hundred percent. You know, it's it's again, that's the world we live in. So just, just kind of remember that, you know, the, that, you know, you, you might've heard a tip and you might've used it and it doesn't always mean that, that that's what actually did it. And I think learning a little bit more about whatever that topic is that you're looking for um, to evaluate after, I think that's just, 
overall important. Evaluate. When you're done, evaluate what worked, what didn't work. So in this case, you know, Glacier National Park, that's really what worked. You went to one of the most prettiest national parks in the country. You could have you could have given your camera, you could have attached it to your dog and and had him stand still, and your dog would take amazing photos at Glacier National Park. So <laughs> <laughs> my dog is talented he he sits here and listens to everything all day so. <laughs> uh well, let's see here great photographers don't always make great advice givers um and you i think that's that yeah yeah i mean I, I my analogy to that one was you know uh all of us most of us can walk and we can do it demonstrate it perfectly but how many of us could actually tell somebody who's never walked exactly what to do and exactly what muscles to move and exactly what order to do that. in. you know, there's a, there's a kinematic sequence to, to that walking. And I don't think most of us could ever explain it, but uh, we know how to do it. Um, I, I think this other one here is pretty, pretty cursory too. You know, many great coaches were not the best players. I know Blake likes football. So I'll, uh, and I, we probably already talked about it with Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that thing. You even have it here. Those who can't do teach. I hate that phrase with a burning passion. Yeah. Um, because, and, and you know, it, what, what is that based off of success? Because if people really truly knew how successful we are, I used quotations when I said successful for those people listening. Um, yeah, we might not be professional photographers, but we're pretty darn successful at teaching. Like, mm -hmm. really darn successful at teaching. Um, we've dedicated our lives to learning how to do it well. Yes, but we've also dedicated our lives to teaching those that do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, what I have here is that's the worst advice anyone can receive is those who can't do teach. Because what about those who can't do or teach? <laughs> right? <laughs> now you're or, getting deep. What about those who do, but never had a teacher? Yeah. See, and that's, there's a that's lot of deep. Them. That's deep, mm -hmm. right? Um, and many people will do things without a teacher, but then once they have a teacher, coach, mentor, whatever you want to call it, use those words liberally there, um, will do it better. Because that coach, that teacher yeah. comes in, and a lot of times it's not even because they're refining their craft, it's because they believe in that person, Right. So those yeah. who do are going to need people that believe in them to do it. That's why I hate that phrase. And when people say that, yeah, like yeah, I've, no, I... I've gotten that in bad negative emails before where someone will email me and be like, oh, well, that course, those who can't do teach, what does that say about you? What do you do professionally? And we get those emails. Sometimes they're stinging and sometimes they're mean, but it's like, dude, like I'm trying to help people here. Like, I don't really care. I mean, if I wanted to do, I probably could. I just don't necessarily want to. I prefer to yeah. teach and I love yeah, teaching. I get a lot from it. I know you do too. Um, so that's how we chose to take our path of photography. And I commend those that do, but I also commend those that teach. And I don't think that there's, there should be any like differentiation between that. You know what I mean? It should be a, a it's a synchronous thing because those yeah. teachers are helping the doers and those doers are helping the teachers. And it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's not a separation. I think Blake and I probably you and I both had a moment in our career where we, we could have gone either way. And we've talked about this. We, we, we both deliberately knew 
we had the talent and skills and vision to be as good of photographers as, as, as are out there. Um, but that wasn't what drove either of us. And I think we had these point, these times at different points in our lives. I don't think we were talking to each other when we had them, but I, I know that we both had those points. And, and I remember, I remember I had that point and it was a turning point in, in my career where I was like, you know what? I know what it takes to be that next level of photographer. I don't want to do what it takes. I know I can do it, but I don't want to do it. And I'm not willing to do what it takes, but I do know I love teaching and I'm willing to do what it takes to be the best there. Um, and so I, I think it's, and it's important to find people that I, I think were not everybody was a legend. Well, like when I say, le, you know, I mean like the best of the best, that's not, I, I, some of my favorite teachers were never legends in their field, but they were always good. And I think that's important. I, I do think you have to be able to do, but do you have to be the legendary in your field? I, I don't think so. So no. Um, all right. The big one. I, I think this was, this is a great place to end it here. Cause uh, I think we're coming down. We're coming down to our last 10 minutes here, but the social media slash YouTube problem, and I'll kick it off and then I'll let Blake take, take the first point. But I think there's two problems with taking getting photography advice from social media slash youtube one being are are you getting a person's best content and two i think the social media algorithms can hurt you and maybe not give you what you need Mm. so feel free to take either one of those blake i think the well i think i can talk about either one but i'll talk about you talk about the algorithms and I'll talk about the best content. So yeah, this happens all the time. And Matt and I talk about it because we, we, we talk about our, <laughs> our videos and how I know where go. this is going. And, uh, you know, when people ask me like, Blake, do you have a content schedule? I'm like, eh, yeah, I, I don't really know what I'm putting out. And, you know, perfect example of one of my last videos that basically went viral in our world, anything over, I would say, 25 to 35,000 views within a week is viral for us because of our niche of yeah. photography. Um, and the, the quantity video, of subscribers we have too. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I put we this don't, we video don't have up. 4 million subscribers. Right. So I put this video up and it went bonkers. I mean, it like, it got like 150,000 views and like I got 950 subscribers from it in the last three weeks. And if you ask me, how did you come up with that to create that? I was in the shower and I was like, I need to put something on YouTube because it's been three weeks since I put something on YouTube. So I sat in my office for two hours and I just played around in Photoshop and said, Ooh, this is good. And I put it out there. Now, was it good content? Yes. I feel like it was good content, but where did that content come from? It didn't come from the necessity to give that content to somebody. It came from the necessity for me to have content on my YouTube channel. Now, there are some people that literally will create content for the sake of creating content. And I don't want to ever be that person. That's why I have been slowing down my YouTube channel instead of doing a video every week. Like I used to number one, that's give someone a heart attack. And number two, um, it, it was just too much. Um, I felt like I was putting out too much for the sake of putting out content, which then doesn't mm-hmm. become the best advice out there. So when I put yeah. out content now, I want it to be the best content I can put out. 
And I want to make sure I put the time into it. Now, how I get to that point, whether I'm in the shower doing it or I actually take a week to do it, the difference is sometimes I'll take a week to put a video together. I put it on YouTube and it gets like a thousand views and then I feel deflated. But then I put that like just so on the whim, you know, like, here we go. And it, it, it you know, blows the doors down. Um, yeah. But it depends. That, again, that's the context of the content, who it's coming from and what's their intent of giving it to you. Right. And some people yeah. are making content for the sake of making content. And I'll admit that video was a, a video making content for the sake of making content, but make that content as good as I can make it. And clearly it showed in the results that it was. Um, I think you would get that negative likes thing, but I had like 99.6 likes on that percent. That's awesome. Yeah. I and I, I think, I think the, the important takeaway for that one is whether it's an idea that took you 30 seconds to come up with or 30 days to come up with, that doesn't take away from the intent that you had. You had the intention of, I want to make a good video. I'm, I'm not going to release a good video or I'm not going to release a video until I make a good video or at least a video I think is good and useful. And I'll, I won't even throw other people under the bus on this one. Although having two decades in this industry and going to God knows how many photo shows and conversations with other instructors, I know for a fact 80% of the people you listen to do this. I will throw myself under the bus when back in the day when I worked at Kelby and I would have to write a magazine article because because I was in house, I kind of had to write an article for every magazine that, that they had. Um, that deadline day came and it, it wasn't my best foot forward. It was, oh, it's March 13th and I need to have a magazine article due. And I would sit there and I would open up Photoshop and I would click around and I would look through old videos I did and old stuff I did. I'd be like, oh, OK, I can write this quick. It didn't, it wasn't about what I could do the best. It was about whatever I could get done the quickest, easiest, less, least painful way. Um, I think Blake, I, I don't know if Blake was ever in that position, but I don't, I don't think he practices that way anymore. I think I've graduated from, from practicing that way anymore, but I can tell you it's out there. It, I used to read all of those. As soon as I got that magazine in the mail, I'd go right to Matt Klaskowski's article. <laughs> so I was getting, yeah. Good, bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. You weren't. And, and I can see I it when I look for two, two, when I, when I look for, for whatever I'm looking for, I can see, I, I can see videos from people where I'm like, man, you, you, you did this, this, and this. And I kind of know all three of those are mutually exclusive yet. You're doing videos on these things. And, 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 and I know you're not really thinking about the best way to get something done. You're just thinking about content. You know, there, there's, there's, I, I, again, I, I know this for a fact that, that this has been done and is still done today. So it just be aware of that, you know, just be, I'm not saying stop watching people, but just be a little bit more critical of what you're watching. If it's something you've never seen, if it's something you've never heard, if you can't back it up, you know, look at it a little bit more closely. And I'll take the other one as far as the, the, you know, the, the social media, YouTube problem that's out there. And that is, these social media algorithms are meant to keep you on the site. Never, ever there. You, you ever hear the, I'm sure you have Blake, but I'll throw it out to other people. Have you ever heard the, you know, if you're getting something for free and you're wondering how the company makes money, you're the product. 
your eyeballs are the product. YouTube YouTube is serving up ads and and Blake and I can tell you cuz we don't get a whole lot of ad revenue, but we get ad revenue from stuff we would never think we did. So it it works. People are buying stuff. They're meant to keep you there. They are meant to keep you there. So what happens is is you you find a video how you search up how to get sharper photos and you'll find a video. Now the algorithm knows what you want. And guess what it's going to do? It's going to keep delivering you videos on how to get sharper photos. So now what happens is rather than you watch that video and you go out and practice it, and whether you're successful or not, you you will have learned something. You will have done something, learned something, and accomplished something by that that will improve your skills. But instead of doing that, you watch another video. And now that video says something else. And then you watch another video. And that video says something else. And before you know it, you've spent an hour in the YouTube rabbit hole and you don't even know what you're practicing anymore because you just spent all your time watching a YouTube video. And, <laughs> and now when you go out to try to do something to get sharper photos, now you've got, you've got 10 different things in your mind. We talked about reacting to the situation before. Have that one thing in your mind and react to it when you're out there practicing. But now that you've got 10 things, nobody can react to 10 different things at the same time when they're shooting, uh, doing all those different things. So you've got a hundred thoughts in your head and you don't know which one is right or wrong or will help. So you got to understand that that algorithm is there to do that for you. It's going to keep delivering videos that you like, you know, I, right. I, I'm probably divulging too much. You know, it's like, God forbid I, I watch a Joe Rogan video. And, and I like Joe Rogan. God forbid you watch a Joe Rogan video. You start getting all kinds of weird stuff delivered to your YouTube channel of mm -hmm. things that take you down the rabbit hole, you know, and it's just they, they want to keep you there. So I, I think it's important to know that the algorithm wants to keep you there. I think it's important to know really when you should stop. Stop, watch something, go practice it. If it didn't work, maybe you go look up something else again, but don't, don't just sit there for an hour watching stuff. Yeah, that's, that's important. I had a guy who's who left a comment on my, one of my sharpening videos. It wasn't a sharpening video. It was about not using clarity and uh, texture to try and get sharpening. Cause a lot of times people will use clarity and texture to try and make a sharper photo, but that doesn't give you sharpness that gives you enhanced micro contrast details. So I was yeah. instead trying to teach people how to do that in Photoshop, but this person took it out of context and was like, I got a bone to pick with you. You know, this year, what you're teaching is, is not sharpening. And I'm like, no, it, it was never sharpening to begin with. Like this was actually about talking about how to extract details without getting contrast. That's not sharpening. So like even, <laughs> even that was like, you're trying to say that what I'm trying to give you is not what I'm trying to, I can't even wrap my head around it. It was, yeah, like, a, yeah. he, he's no longer able to uh, leave any comments on my YouTube channel because I hid user <laughs> from channel. But <laughs> so, so I think we can wrap this up and we can, you and I can give everybody a public service announcement because you just said something really important. When you're going to send an instructor or a teacher or whoever you follow online a message, don't ever, ever start it with. I have a bone to pick with you <laughs> and don't and don't ever. And you want to know the other one you're going to, th this one is nails on a chalkboard to me. And I probably get one about once a month. Tisk, tisk. Ooh. It, my, 
my my wife because she gets our customer support emails before I do, and she'll try to delete them if somebody says it because she knows I'm going to go on a rampage if somebody starts an email with tisk tisk. I've never got tisk tisk. I can't I can't say oh, I've never God, got. Dude. Oh God, dude! When I do oh, though, I'll man. be sure to delete it. <laughs> Watch now, you I and have, I both are gonna get. We're gonna get an influx oh God, of tisk, dude, I tisk know that email. The tisk, I'm gonna get a hundred of them. The uh, I I I was on, <laughs> I was on, <laughs> I was on um, uh, a little a local beach nearby where I do a lot of bird photography. And then you got to know the backstory that there's a guy. Uh, his name's Dick. He lives up in Gainesville. DVWildlife.com. He does some great boat tours for eagles and stuff. Um, he he had given these people a tour. So I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any like that he had talked to him. I'm on the beach. This guy walks up to me and I'm with a friend of mine. And he goes, hey, Matt, he goes, can I talk to you real quick? He, he'd seen me and he like walks up. He's like, can I talk to you real quick? I got a bone to pick with you. And I'm like, wonderful. What is it? And I said it just like that. Like I had the most annoyed look on my face. I turned around to him. I said, wonderful. What can I do for you? And he goes, I just want, I just want to let you know, I don't appreciate you leaving all those water bottles and trash on Dick's boat the other day when you, and he was just joking around with me. Like I didn't really leave anything, but they were him and they kind of just made a joke. I was like, Oh God, thank God. I'm so sorry for looking like I wanted to just hit you over the head with my camera. <laughs> I was about to break it 200 to 600 over your head. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Blake, I think we uh, I think we brought this in for a landing right around the time we had uh, we had hoped for, which is probably the first time in history that we've done that. I know, and it was our first one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, hey, thank you so much for uh, for being a part of our our first little discussion here. Um, Blake, where can uh, where can everybody find you at? F sixty four academy dot com. What kinds of things do you do there? I. I teach, uh, I'd say intermediate to advanced Photoshop nerdery. So, uh, if you want to, uh, <laughs> learn the deep dives on, uh, small topics to make them feel bigger. So you learn everything about them. That's pretty much what I do. If I give you my YouTube spiel, it would be, I take difficult things in Photoshop and make them seemingly simple. So you can use them in your workflow today. That's a really good 30 second elevator pitch. You like that? <laughs> I do. Um, What's yours? And, and Blake does, and Blake does what he does very, very well. Um, I, uh, you can find me over at mattk.com where I, uh, teach you about Photoshop, Lightroom photography, uh, mostly landscape wildlife type stuff and, uh, photo editing and, and Photoshop and Lightroom. So swing by either of our sites and, uh, you can find out a little bit more. Um, Blake, thanks for, uh, for joining me in this one and, uh, everybody out there. Thanks for being a part. And, I have no idea how any of this works, but stop by our, I don't know where you'll even be able to leave feedback, but we want feedback. Um, we want ideas on, on what to talk about next. So stop by our websites and, and send us a message if wherever you're watching this doesn't allow you to leave any of that. We'll figure all that out. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk to you again soon.